can pick it up. We're saying God can do anything but fail. Okay, and normally sing it twice, so we can sing it twice. All right. God can do anything but fail. All right, on the first. God can do anything, anything. today. Uh, Miranda is in Michigan with her mom for her 80th birthday. She had that on Saturday and all the sisters were there. It's 17 degrees right now. 17 degrees so she loves it. No she doesn't. All right uh, if any of you here want to donate some a bunch of candy canes we can do that by Wednesday. We'll have to take some more uh, tracks down to the fishermen down at the harbor. Yesterday we got a lot of good tracks out to a lot of the fishermen there and um, we thought you know it'd be good to give them candy canes as well. So we gave a lot of tracks to Filipino fishermen and then uh, 
we met a lot of Indonesians, we ran out of those kind, and so we need to get those restocked uh, to take out next time. But uh, they're very receptive to all the, the Christmas tracks, and of course, we'd like to give them some too. And so, um, let us know if you can do that. And let's see, we have today a special guest, and this is Brother Jason and his wife. Um, what is your wife's name? She told me this morning, I did not know this until today, but I know her dad. Her dad. Her dad and I used to hang around. He used to come to our house in Kaneohe when we lived there. He was a single guy with a fancy red car and looking for a wife, driving around, trying to impress the girls. And uh, so I have uh, something against some bad stories, some good stories, or some stories to say about her. Anyway, um, so I know Brother Dale from a long time ago, so this is a blessing. And so Brother Jason is going to come. He's a missionary to uh, PNG, Papua New Guinea. And uh, so he called me last week, so got him in today. And so brother, come ahead, give a testimony, or tell about your work for sure, and preach to us a bit. We're happy to have you and your wife and your kids. Uh, if your kids make noise, no problem. Just do what you got to do. here uh, thank you so much for the warm welcome and uh, we feel uh, welcome we feel like uh, we are in uh, the weather is kind of warm so it doesn't feel like I'm in the US <laughs> I feel like I'm in, I'm in New Guinea still in New Guinea <laughs> but uh, thank you so much for the opportunity that we can get to uh, just come here and uh, um, be with you all it's really an honor uh, appreciate uh, Pastor Chin. Uh, I hope I'm getting the name right. It's pa uh, Pastor Chin, right? So appreciate it. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Really appreciate that. And uh, you told me that Nathan, right? Nathan, you went to Ninguini as well? To Goroka. That's exciting, yeah. Uh, Goroka, is, Goroka is in the highland. That's way, uh, it's, it's uh, highlands provinces. So we are probably like 10 to 12 hours if you drive, if you leave Goroka and if you drive, it's 10 to 12 hours drive up and then you go to Southern Islands and that's where we're at. Um, uh, where we're at, uh, it's pretty remote. Uh, we are in uh, Southern Islands province of Nipa Kurubu district. So uh, we don't have electricity there yet. I uh, hope we will get it soon, sometime. <laughs> uh, our roads are not sealed yet. So if you want to come to where we're at, uh, you have to drive a uh, four wheel drive. So pretty much a Land Cruiser or a Jeep. We don't have Jeep there, but a Land Cruiser does the job. Uh, so uh, you're going to have to have a good grip on the vehicle when you drive on the road because it's pretty bumpy. <laughs> and uh, you're going to put a lot of pillow when you want to sit down <laughs> because uh, it's, it's just pretty rough. Uh, but we love it. We, are uh, we appreciate where we're at. And uh, the big thing is that people need the gospel and uh, they need to hear it. Uh, we have to follow that great commission to go to the uttermost part of the world. Uh, where uh, uh, people don't have access to uh, uh, everything uh, that some other other parts of the world have. Uh, the only thing they need is uh, Jesus Christ, right? Uh, and that, that's that's what we need. Uh, that's what we need because that's, we're getting the everlasting life. 
uh, something that is better than anything on this earth. Right? So, so we are excited to be there. And uh, my wife and I, we both went to uh, Pensacola Christian College. Uh, and we also went to West Coast Baptist College. And, uh, and so my wife, uh, before I went, I was still studying. My wife was senior already while, while I was sophomore. <laughs> I was in the second year and she was already senior. Uh, she graduated with nursing degree and uh, she went to Papua New Guinea while I was still in school. So uh, she was in Papua New Guinea working as a nurse in a village. Uh, in fact, that village, you, you cannot drive. You just flew on a small airplane. So she was working with one of the uh, missionary uh, going to Papua New Guinea. So they lived there uh, where they had to flow on a small airplane. And then uh, she was working there, uh, helping them for two years. So while she was there, we talked. We started talking and uh, we got to uh, know each other. And eventually uh, we got married. Uh, so that was 2018. Uh, and uh, after we got married, we went straight to the field. Uh, went to the mission field, and that was in my village where I grew up, uh, where my home church at, uh, Moria Baptist Church. And uh, we've been doing uh, a mission uh, there as a medical ministry. As my wife is a nurse, so we're like, use your skills. We have to, to help the people there because we don't have a, we don't have a, a proper uh, hospital. The, fa the, the hospital that we have, it's uh, three hours away. Uh, so you have to go three hours to go to a hospital, the nearest hospital. So we need a clinic there. So uh, my wife and I, uh, we started off a clinic. And uh, when people come from the outlying villages, they have to work for hours uh, to come to us. And we give them the medicine. And, and after the med uh, medicine, uh, we preach the gospel to them. So it's kind of like every day they get a chance to hear the gospel. And also we do uh, church planting in the other villages. Uh, so far we have like two churches already now. Uh, we have a preacher Eric who is 56 years old. Uh, now he's up in uh, Nipah Baptist. Uh, he's 56 and he had to uh, uh, walk to where we are to come see us sometime for eight hours. Uh, so it's a faithful man and please pray for him. And uh, as well as we have one in uh, uh, Kumburu. So uh, I already, before I came, I got some men and like we cleared the land. Uh, that's where we, my, where my wife, uh, she worked for almost three hours, I believe. And then uh, she went there to preach to a Catholic church. There was a Catholic church there. And so the ladies are Catholics. So they came and my wife preached to them, uh, teach the ladies. And then there were like 30 plus ladies got saved right there. And uh, then my wife came back to the States and I had to go and follow up and talk to the men and witness to them. And uh, the men, their heart got softer. They were ready for a church. They said, we want to we have a church. And then we said, all right, we'll have a fellowship here. And uh, when we go back, we said, we gotta, they gave us a land already, uh, clear the land, we'll have a fellowship. And then uh, from there, we'll take on uh, what we can do. So our goal is to have a church plan there. And it uh, looks like all the people from uh, the Catholic Church are going to join us. <laughs> we're praying. We're praying that uh, what the Lord will do. Uh, so uh, just pray for us. And uh, we do also teaching. Uh, we do teaching of the uh, students. In New Guinea, we have the opportunity to go to public schools. And uh, we get every Mondays, and every, uh, they give us one hour. The school give us one hour, so uh, we have five schools near us, so we do a schedule up, so we go to schools and we preach uh, the gospel. That way the kids need to learn about, uh, they, they need to know the gospel, and they grow in the Lord, and we have an opportunity to uh, tell them about our Lord and Savior, uh, Jesus Christ. So uh, that's what we have been doing for the past um, uh, since 2018 so we are excited about that opportunity and uh, what uh, 
uh, our, our vision to see uh, many people get saved in the villages of Papua New Guinea and uh, also to have churches and also to see the kids, especially the younger generation, grow in the Lord. That way they can reach others for uh, Christ. And so uh, we'll be here for a month. We'll be here for a month. And uh, we will uh, go to Texas in January. And then uh, we'll visit a couple of churches up there that already scheduled us to uh, present our work in New Guinea. And uh, uh, from there, we will uh, head back to New Guinea. So we are excited for the opportunity uh, that uh, uh, we are able to uh, uh, serve in New Guinea, uh, save our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Before I uh, share a message, uh, I just want to uh, tell a little bit about uh, the 2000, this 2022. 20, uh, this I, I believe we are still in 2022. It feels like <laughs> it's 23 already, uh, but we in 2022, and we, we usually have elections every five years. So this year was our election time uh, in New Guinea, and uh, it was a very rough time. During the time we had, you get a lot of people killed uh, because of the elections candidates, rival candidates, they fight each other, uh, they shoot each other. Uh, it was pretty rough for us, um, uh, but we were glad that we had church services going on. Uh, we still had people get saved. We still had people coming to church. Uh, you go to the internet and you search Nguyen election-related violence, you will see the whole town burning down. You will see vehicles burning down. Uh, it's just pretty terrible during that time. Uh, so it was pretty rough and it actually affected us as well. Uh, because uh, they blocked the roads, we were not able to travel out. Uh, they even tried to attack our village and our station that we were uh, at because of the elect election related violence. But um, we thank God for his protection and uh, we will not run out from that. Uh, people need the gospel. We will still heading back there and uh, we are excited for what the Lord will do. Uh, please keep us in your prayers. Uh, we do have some prayer cards. I, I believe I give not plenty. Uh, it's, I only give like seven or six of them yeah. uh, to your pastor. Yeah. So if you uh, can grab one and you would like to pray for us, uh, we would appreciate your prayers a lot. Uh, it's not plenty, but it's like five or six of them. Uh, we order it, but it came late. I mean, it's coming late. They said it's going to come on the 6th, but uh, I believe I believe in the U.S. time. It comes on time. So <laughs> uh, I, I'm sure it will come. Uh, it's not like island time we call in New Guinea, it's island time. They say you will meet at 9 o'clock and they come at like 10 o'clock yeah. or they come at 12 o'clock. <laughs> but excited, we're excited. Uh, if you have your Bible with you, uh, let's open, let's go uh, and we will read a short verse here. Uh, open your Bible to uh, uh, Colossians, Colossians chapter 2. Yes, uh, we will truly appreciate your prayers as we go back to our mission field in New Guinea. Please keep us in your prayers. Our uh, prayers is what we really need, and uh, uh, the Lord will take care of us and protect us and uh, help us in our ministry that uh, we are doing. So uh, if you can partner with us in your prayers, that's, uh, we truly appreciate of that. Colossians chapter 2, verse 6 and 7. And this uh, verse that personally challenge me to be uh, strong in the Lord. Colossians chapter 2 verse 6 at 7. We're going to be reading starting at 6. 
As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him. Verse 7. Rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, as ye have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this beautiful morning where we can come and worship you. We thank you for your son who died on the cross of Calvary. And thank you that we can come to you as your child. And we can come in your house and worship you and give you all the glory and honor. As we are about to receive this message, Father, you help me deliver this message. Let your word encourage us. Let your word strengthen us in our walk of faith. Thank you for this uh, ministry and church here in the lighthouse here in this community. Thank you for the, uh, the leadership of the pastor and the church family here. Bless them. Continue to bless them and strengthen them. I pray that you bless this time together. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. I plan not to uh, uh, take long. I know in the in the in the US, you know, they are really conscious about their time and it's really something really good. I, I really I really like that. Um, but um I don't know even Hawaii. They're really concerned about that. I don't know if it's they're they're really concerned about the time. <laughs> because there's some time uh, I met some uh, some of my friends in Hawaii and then Hawaiians, they're Hawaiians, they're locals, and they hey yes, I'll meet you at 9 30, bro. And I was waiting. <laughs> and they were like, so I'm running late. And they came at like 10 30. <laughs> but, uh, but I, I, I appreciate, uh, I tell the people, hey, where is New Guinea? And I said, okay, uh, we are in the north of Pacific, I believe. So we say, share the same ocean, Pacific Ocean. So New Guinea is still in the Pacific Ocean. We share the same ocean. Uh, maybe if you go down that way, southeast. You just get a boat, just sail southeast. You'll arrive in New Guinea <laughs> for days. <laughs> but uh, I think we are 4,450 miles away. Uh, I, that's how big the Pacific Ocean is. It's pretty big. <laughs> uh, so we are 4,450 miles away from uh, New Guinea. But um, I am excited that I can be here in Hawaii. And uh, this is the message that... Uh, I really want us to look at here. It has challenged me personally. And verse 7, I would like to look at the word rooted. It means to establish deeply or firmly. Here in verse 7, rooted and built up in him. So Paul was writing to the Colossians, the people in Colossians, saying that you rooted and built up in him and established in the faith as you have been taught, abounding there in faith. So rooted means to establish uh, deeply. So as, as you go around, you see some of the trees, or you see some of the palm trees, that when they have a strong root, when, when they have a strong root rooted on soil, when you have a strong wind coming, or you, when you have a strong disaster coming, they still withstand. And you'll be surprised, some will fall down, and some will still stand. You know why? Because they are rooted strongly, firmly. And so Paul is implying that we should be rooted in Christ. Our foundation in his word, in his teaching. So when we are rooted in him, we are strong in Christ. And so when we have temptation coming, or when we have, uh, when we have uh, trials coming, we still stand for Christ. 
we still stand as the children of Christ. And it's exciting that we have Christ as our personal Lord and Savior. And He wants us to walk in Him. And also the other word here I see is build up. Build up. And when I look at the build up, I was thinking about, uh, I, I, I was thinking it's a building term. You know, it's like you want to build something, right? You want to build it up. When you build something, you want to make sure that the building, uh, uh, it, it's strong. It's firm. It looks nice. So I was uh, in Kanuhoe when I was working. Uh, my father is in law. Uh, he has a dog. So he would say, can you walk my dog out? So I'm like, all right, I'll have your dog. I'll walk. And then, you know, while I was walking, walking the dog, I would see, you know, beautiful houses. Like, wow, this house is nice. It's all glass. It looks nice. You know, <laughs> the paint is beautiful. I like him. You know, it must be built thoroughly. You know, it must be built with firm, you know, good glasses, good woods. You know, the, the tools that they use must be, you know, really good. And so when I was thinking about that, I was thinking about, you know, we must build up for Christ. We want the others to see that, oh, this guy is, is for the Lord. You know, they want to, they can see us and admire our life. Because we walk in Christ. We are building ourselves for Jesus Christ. We don't want to look like some people that save it, but, you know, build up ourselves like some heathen. And then when they see us, wait, who is this guy? They don't see the difference with you and the people of this world. So we want to build up for Christ. We want to look good for Christ. So the people can see and they can, they can see and they can see our testimony and they can follow us. And they can admire us. And then they want to be like what we do or what we say. And so this is what Paul is implying here. So they must notice us. The unsaved people must notice us how we uh, act and talk. And also here, uh, you see here, it's established in faith. Faith. We're going to grow in faith as well. Faith comes by the hearing of the word. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Hebrews 11. So we as a Christian, we've got to have faith. Build up for Christ. We better believe in Jesus Christ. I mean, if you don't have faith in Christ, why are we following him anyways? Right? right? Yeah. We've got to have faith. Like, when my, my wife and I went to New Guinea, we had, you know, we didn't know how, what we were going to eat. Like my wife and I, we were from, from the state. We just went straight to New Guinea. And then we went there, and then uh, the village people were like, wait, you, can, you, you were in the United States for seven years, and then you're coming back to live with us. <laughs> we're like, yes, I am. Brought my wife, we built a hut there. Uh, we lived there for uh, one year in a hut. Uh, then everything was in faith. We ate what they ate. We had faith in Jesus Christ that he would provide for us. And, and eventually, after one year, the Lord provided us a home to uh, build up. So we build up our, our, our home where we can stay, where at least we can uh, sleep in a, a nice uh, home where we can have a, a roof on top with not the, not the bush hut, but we can have a real a roof. <laughs> we, we, we had faith in him. And so to get the groceries, we had to, we had to go five hours drive. That's in the Montagan. So uh, we needed vehicle. So what we're gonna do? We had to uh, go on. Uh, we call PMV or public motor vehicle, right? So with all the people, you know, you're gonna stand on the. You have all this thing where you're gonna hold it, right? They build up so that 
they put the cargo in there you have 40 people 50 people there as well everybody you're gonna squeeze up and then you are there holding on it the driver's gonna drive so you're gonna go for hours to go to the town you go get our supplies coming back so that's what we've been doing and then we have to have faith we need a vehicle father you have to provide it and then we get the lord provide a vehicle that way we can go and get our supplies and uh with our family and whenever we were in the ministry so we had faith so that god lord will provide and as a christian we gotta have faith in whatever situation it is we're going through we gotta have faith in jesus christ we gotta have faith in him that one day he will come and receive us we could have faith that one day we when we go home with him we will have an everlasting life forever we'll be him we'll be with him rejoicing that's exciting Amen. it's exciting to be a christian because you know it's not like some other religions where they believe in some kind of reincarnation or they believe in some kind of things where like when you die you become a spirit so you go to the mountains you go live in the rivers or all those believe no 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 jesus christ told us before you went he said i will come and receive you and in the father's house there are many mansions right that's a god that we are serving so we're going to be fired up for him. We're going to strengthen our faith. We're going to build up our faith for Jesus Christ. We're going to be excited about it. Because we are serving a faithful God. We are serving a real God. The father of all the, all the creation. It is said that people are worshipping the, uh, the creation, not the creator. I've, uh, I've seen uh, uh, on YouTube, there's this person that... You know, they build some kind of like, they, they have a tree and they go, they hug their tree and they're like, this is my tree. <laughs> and, you know, it's, it's sad. People are confused. <laughs> and so we want to be, we want to be, uh, be, be someone who is strong for Christ. We want to be a testimony for others. And so it's exciting. And the last part is we want to be thankful as well. You see in the seminar verse 7, it says, as ye have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. Abounding means to uh, to exceed in a fixed number or, or, or to possess in great numbers. So we must be thankful so, for so many things that the Lord has done for us. But first of all, first of all, let me say this. The first of all, there is one thing that we must be very thankful for. It's your salvation. Amen. Amen. If you are some of you here, some if you are if you are saved sitting here. That's the first thing you have to be thankful for. Amen. First thing, not your car, not your wife, not your husband, not your children. All right? I mean, personally, for me, that's what I think. Right? Amen. Before that, yes, we can be thankful for those things. The first thing is you have to be thankful for the eternal salvation. Amen. Thank you, Jesus Christ, for dying on the cross for my sins. To endure the horrible pain that he went through. To save us from our sins. I'm always thankful for missionaries that came to Papua New Guinea. I don't even know why I would be even here. My father is 85 years old, and when he was growing up, they didn't have his clothes. Uh, my, my grandfather, they didn't have clothes. They didn't have, um, they didn't have, um, he didn't even see a vehicle. He would describe about the World War II. He would, uh, he said there was a big bird flying when he was young because they were fighting in Papua New Guinea during the time of the World War II. So he would look up and, oh, there's a big bird. While he was in the jungle. In the villages, right? 
Uh, and now he realized and he said he's a self saved person now. Uh, he is, he, and he usually what he does, he goes his same age, the people that they grew, he grew up with, he would go and he would witness to them. Amen. He's an exciting person. He's a trans person. I have a, I have a video even on our presentation uh, on the video. If you watch that, I'm going to give you the link. If you watch that, I took a picture of him doing witnessing um, of him. So every time after Sunday he comes out, you know, he's exciting. Even, even, even witness to the young people. He will tell them, it wasn't like this. I'm a new person. I am excited. He's, he's, he's declares everybody. He'll tell everybody, he says, I am going to heaven, people. He says that. In, you know, in New Guinea, it's a different, it's a different world. I'm going to say that for sure. We call, we call the, um, uh, people believe in animism. Anim, uh, we call it animism. That is believing in spirits. Believe that the rivers have spirits in them. Mountains have spirits in them. The caves have spirits in them. Even when I was growing up, when I was a uh, child growing up, there's a certain spot where we'll be like, there's something in there, don't go in there, you know. So we would never go close to that place because there's a spirit in there. Before you go, you have to sacrifice to go there. So it's more animism. It's a lot in New Guinea. So growing up in that kind of environment, um, we saw the difference, the change that Christ can bring upon our lives. And so it's a good testimony. So we have to be, first of all, we have to be thankful for our salvation. And then we have to be thankful for other things that uh, God gave it to us. We have to be thankful for our preachers. We have to be thankful for the pastors. We have to be thankful for our children, our husband, to give us uh, the women, to give you a woman. Thank God for giving you a good husband. Uh, uh, the husbands thank God for giving you a good wife. Right? right? Good wife, happy life. That's what they say. Then we can say that. <laughs> so, we got to be thankful for the blessings of God as well while we earn this earth. But sometimes, sometimes we become complacent. Sometimes we become complacent. We, 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 we said, all right, I'm all right. I'm saved. I come to church. I'm all right. I got a witness day. I'm all right. But we forget about who's around us. We forget about our family. Maybe some of our family members are not saved. That's for sure. And we don't care about them. Maybe because first time you tried, they didn't give you a chance to talk to them. So you're like, all right, you stay on your way. I'm on my way. I'm going to heaven. You know, we become complacent. But we don't want to be like that. You know, we want to keep persisting because Christ wants us to be rooted in him, have faith in him, and build up for him. Let me see if I have enough time. I believe I do have 10 more minutes. And I want us to look at our church in, in, in the first century church here where, where, where people became complacent because of the things of the earth, the material things that they had. They forget about what really Christ wants, to, wants uh, them to do. So when we look at the Revelation chapter 3, verse 15 and 16, I'm going to be really quick there. We're going to look at the church or the Christians of uh, uh, Laodicea. And I believe that this is actually a strong warning. 
a strong warning given to the Christians uh, of Laodicea. This is a first century church. It's one of the seven churches of the first uh, century. So uh, this uh, one of the, one of one of the uh, letters that written to them. This letter was written to uh, given to the church of Laodicea. Uh, it's a strong warning given to them. In fact, it's one of the harsh out of the seven letters to the Asia Minor. Here, the Bible says here in verses 15, Revelation chapter 3, verses 15. I know that works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would thou wet cold nor or hot. So then, because thou art lukewarm, and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. So this was Jesus Christ saying. You see, Laodicea was in fact a wealthy city. It was an economical hub during that time. They in fact invented, uh, I believe, uh, uh, in fact, uh, they, they have a, uh, invented a medicine or something to cure the, the eye disease in that city. So they were all right. They felt like we were all right. They felt like they were all right. And they didn't think about uh, what to be really rooted in Christ and to be strong and to be faithful in Jesus Christ. So the water, the Laodicea got the water from, uh, they got the water from a nearby spring. There, there's a, a water in a, a, the city called Herapolis. That city, that's where the hot spring came out, where the people would rejuvenate themselves. When you get something warm or hot in the cold weather, it helps you. The warm will, uh, usually when people have fever or something, they said you steam yourself, yeah? In a hot water and you just cover yourself. And then it helps you when you have sinus or it helps, it rejuvenates you, it helps you. So when the water from there, it's believed that they have an that flew from, Leodis, uh, from Herapolis down to Laodicea. So when the water arrived in Laodicea, the water was lukewarm. And then you have the water, spring water, it comes from the mountain, snow, it melts down from there, it comes down to the nearby city, the other city called Colossi. Right there, they have nice spring clean water. But the water in Laodicea was lukewarm. And so Christ was using the metaphor, saying that you are like a water. Your faith is not strong in me. You are becoming complacent. What are you doing? If you are like that, I will spew you out. And so it's a personal challenge for me as well. Where I feel like, you know, I have to be strong for Jesus Christ. I have to be, have faith in him. I have to build up my faith. So Christian, today, we must be properly rooted for Christ. We must build up ourselves for Jesus Christ. Our faith must be stable, must be strong. We must not have an unstable faith. Our root must be strong down there so that we will be unshakable for Jesus Christ. And we must be thankful for so many things that Christ has done for us and stop becoming complacent in our life as just being a Christian. I'm almost done there, and uh, I just want to finish with this story of what happened in New Guinea. Just two months ago, two months ago, uh, we have this, we have, we have elections, right? We had elections in my uncle. In, in our province, Southern Highlands, we have five districts. And so we're from one district called Libakudugu. So my uncle, uh, he, he said, okay, I'm running for governor. 
So the 100,000, 120,000 people are from our district. So he based his number on that and he said, I'm running. So he ran. So after he ran, uh, we usually go on the ballot papers and then we take it to the, uh, to the headquarters of our province called Mendy. So all the election, we had 23 candidates and then the counting officials were counting the ballot papers and then uh, Mango was on third uh, spot. Uh, and then there was first guy, second guy, and he was in the third spot. And then, and so uh, the government that uh, the, 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 they ran, ran the election, they said, all right, you guys have one week before we, we close the election. We, you guys need to give us your governor. Speed up the counting. We need your governor so that we will go and uh, form the, uh, the government and we will have a parliament. Mm. You know, we will have your representative in the parliament. Mm. So they gave one week. So within the week, they tried to speed it up. You know, my uncle was still in the second spot, uh, third spot. And then um, they had like two more days before the due date. Before the due date. Two more days. And the first and the second guy, the supporters of them, the first guy planned that, you know, there's still boxes remaining. So if we reach this date, that means that we will go for by-election. That means after some years, two, three years. So what I have to do here is I, he came up with an idea saying that, all right, let's ganged up, get the guns, let's go put the uh, police and the army, put them at a gunpoint, and remove all of them, get all the ballot boxes, burn them all. Mm -hmm. That way they will declare who is at the first. <laughs> <laughs> saying that, right, that's special circumstances, we declare the person who is at first. So they did that. They did that. They burn all the ballot boxes, and then the guy who was on first got declared and became the governor. And then guess what happened? The guy who was in second spot, and we were on the, uh, Michael was on the third spot, and we had like 300 men from our district, they were in town. And then they had like three, 400 men for other, other candidates too, they were in town. They were looking after the ballot boxes and the papers. So, that's when it got started, hit it up. The person who was in second, went, he went to get like 40, 50 rifles. I'm talking about guns, like automatic guns. They were like, we were in the house. We were in the house. My uncle had a house in town, so we were right there. I was with them there. And I heard a gun shooting. First of all, I had a shoot up. And I, heard, I saw a bullet penetrating into a window. And they were like, get down, everybody get down. Everybody down there on the we were face down on the floor. Nobody has to get up. We shouted. And then I called the boys, please, no one has to go out. Everybody stay in the gate. Stay inside of the gate. And they all stay, stay there. It went on for like two hours while we were still laying there. Gunshot kept going, kept going, kept going. It's nothing like I have ever experienced. It was traumatizing. It was like that was like a war. <laughs> Yeah, it was a war going on. So this one guy from our uh, side, he disobeyed and he was like, oh, I want to go see what's going on. You know, I want to go out and I want to go continue with the fight. And he got, as soon as he got out of the gate, he got shot. Boom. He got like four or five bullets on him. And then uh, he got, uh, they killed him right there. And he was very, you know, while I was laying there, I didn't even think that, you know, the bullet might get me. That wasn't my thoughts. My thought was my brothers, my guys from the community that we were there, those were unsaved. Those that didn't, I, they, 
didn't have a chance to hear about the gospel. I was concerned. My heart was just burning for them. I prayed that Lord bless I want to have a chance to listen. Tell them about the gospel. I want to, I want to have I want to get a chance to tell them that, that they can have an eternal life after they die. Please, please, I pray, please don't let anyone die. And I prayed. And this person he went out and he uh, he he uh, actually died. And then after two hours, the the, the shot stopped firing. And uh, I got my phone and I um, called one of my brother. In fact, we went to high school together and he's in the army. So he actually commanded a platoon in the other province called, uh, it's close to Goroka, it's called Simbu province. So I called him and I said, hey, I need help. Can you bring some of your boys here and you just take <laughs> us out of here? I said, I'll do anything. I'll, I'll pay for your fuel. I'll give you, you know, I'll give you some dollars. I'll pay for lunch for you guys, your military boys, please. <laughs> and so he said, I'll be there. He's one of our very good friends. So he's, he's, a, he's a platoon commander of the army. Uh, they, the government usually see an army because such situation happens, but they aren't about them because we only have 4,000 armies in the country. So he brought like 10 boys, 10 armies. There, and then we had to organize vehicles, trucks, and we loaded up all the boys. When it stopped, everybody asked, let's go out of there. Took everybody out, five hours out of the trouble zone. Let's go. Nobody's dying. Let's leave everything there. It happens. We are on Ted's part. Don't worry about it. We go. So took everyone out. And then they were, we were out for a month waiting for the situation to go down. And then from there, we transported everybody back to the village. And I thank for God for his protections. And I pray that... Uh, uh, when I go back, and also I was there uh, witnessing to them, and I go back, I want these guys to, uh, I pray that they will realize what the Lord has done for them. And uh, I just want to say that you have some families, you have some friends, co-workers, I don't know whoever it is, but you know them. They are not saved, and they need Jesus Christ. They need them. I pray that you will have the burden to reach them. I pray that you will have the burden to reach them, and so that we can have a relationship with Jesus Christ and one day we all will enjoy the life together everlasting everlasting where there will be no <coughs> no sickness we will be there and I'm excited for that opportunity and uh, thank you so much for the time and uh, uh, I pray that, that this was an encouragement to us and, uh, pastor you can come up and then uh, we can pray uh, do you have any questions do you have any questions from brother Jason John? You mentioned about sacrifice. Yes. Um, <coughs> to, like the cave where the certain areas, because there's spirits. Uh, unless you sacrifice, what, what is, what, you guys should ask, because there's children. Oh. <laughs> what kind of sacrifice? Oh, yeah, yeah. A sacrifice, you know, usually they kill pig, oh, okay. chicken, or pig, or whatever. And that special person, they do that. And then they kill it, and then and the pig has to be a uh, different color. It has to be white. It has to be red, blonde. <laughs> they really have blonde pigs. <laughs> they do. They do. Yeah. They do. <laughs> yeah. Any other questions?
Do the colors mean anything of the pig? Yeah, I believe that they think that the spirit likes that. The, the spirit likes something different, you know, than the, the, the normal pigs they have. Because to have a blonde pig and, uh, and a white pig, it's red. It's regarded as special, right? So when you give that special one to the spirit, make them happy. So that's that's what been do, they have been doing. And also there's a lot of beliefs that they have when someone dies, even though they, we don't have the medical, advanced medical equipments. So when someone have a problem in their stomach and they die, they blame it in sorcery or they said here yeah, poison. So when the person dies, they will do the rituals and they will say, okay, let's find out who killed our man. So when it gets dark, they will do their rituals and then you know the spirit will lead them to a tribe and say, okay, this is the tribe that killed the man. And then it creates animosity. And then they fight each other. <laughs> yeah, but um, in fact, my, one of my uncle, he's in the hospital right now. Uh, he hasn't, uh, I took him to hospital before I came. I left him in uh, Kundiawa, that's before Goroka. That's two hours before Goroka. I drove there and dropped him off there. Uh, and he's in hospital now. And now the my people in the village now, they say, oh, he, someone poisoned him now. Because because of the ulcer, he's, he's having an ulcer. <laughs> and he asked him, and you know, the symptoms that he has is definitely ulcer, uh, it's a stomach ulcer. But they're saying, oh, that's a poison, so we have to find out who, killed, who gave the poison to our. <laughs> but you know, I, when I, I get back, I have to get back there, and when I'm there, I try to explain, you know, and then we will not do those satanic thing. No, no, no. When I'm there in my village, we don't do that. So I stop them. And on Sundays, nobody's playing cards or nobody, you know, everybody has to go to church. You are Christian, are you not Christian? You go and you hear the gospel. <laughs> That's the rule that we make uh, uh, in my village, especially in my village. So, uh, because we don't have cops, you know, no cops there in the village. So, you're going to be someone there to really control the people and also make sure that people follow. Yeah. Wow. That's a big responsibility. Yes, yes. <laughs> being there, you know, apart from just preach the gospel, you know, from being from Ningini and from the village, you know, this it's more than you know preaching the gospel as well too. Like being like a cop there, you know, <laughs> being like a peace mediator there when the two tribes try to fight each other, you know, <laughs> try to make sure you, you know, we uh, come to a resolution and stuff like that. So, yeah. Okay. Oh, so. Praise God for your mission. Um, Amen. What that kind of, uh, I guess, religions or cults are there? Cults, um, well, the main one is, like I said, it's spirits. We call it animism. They believe in the spirits, believe in the mountains, and uh, the ancestral spirits. That's 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 pretty much the main one in in Mingani, in the villages and the the outlying villages in the remote part. Uh, that's the main one. Even in towns and cities, still they still grow up from that, so they still have that belief in them. Uh, so, uh, like they don't have some kind of like group of cult or like like in, you know they don't have that. But that's the spirit, like I said, that's the main one that they have. Uh, yeah, it's more comes together with the culture, but it's not right because they believe in the bad. They believe in Satan tricking, been tricking us. In fact, you know sometimes. They were, I remember when I was a kid, my, uh, my parents and my grandparents will, when someone dies, they'd be like, all right, let's cut a piece of meat for the person that dies and throw it out in the door. Mm -hmm. and we, we left it out outside. And then you know what? 
after a couple of hours it's gone <laughs> yeah oh they're like oh you see come on hit him we gave him a sure <laughs> satan is tricking it yeah. that way we believe in something that is not real <laughs> yeah. so that's the kind of belief that most popular uh, so uh, we i try to you know uh, witness to them and telling them about that more so that we will see out from that kind of belief because we should believe in only one god and that is you know our living uh, god so those things might not hinder us from our faith in Jesus Christ. So do they have like the Mormons, uh, Jehovah's Witnesses? Uh, not that much. In in counts, yeah. yes. I've seen in cities yeah. when I was in Port Moresby. Uh, uh, in, in towns, yeah. not that much. Yeah, it's not not that much. Yeah. But they they are starting to come in now. Starting to come in now, yeah. Well, praise the Lord, you're there. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yep. Do you fly in for all the like trucks? Uh, fly from Port Moresby. Uh, fly. I go to Manhagen, so it's one-hour flight to Manhagen. That's a central city of the Highland, but inland. Yeah. And then uh, we have to drive five six hours to go to the village. It depends. It depends. So uh, two hours on a sea road, but you know you have to be careful because it's not uh, it's not all good. There's big puddles where you have to slow down. But and then three hours you go on a four wheel drive. You have to put your four wheel. It's rough, pretty rough, yeah. And then uh, going to our village, we didn't have roads, so we had to build ourselves. <laughs> yeah, we had to get the villages and so that. Oh, let's build a road. <laughs> Yeah. Like living in Alaska, yeah? <laughs> like living in Alaska. Yeah, 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 I no, guess. I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's cold out there, huh? <laughs> yeah. All right, let's take a short break. Thank you, brother. Yes, sir.